This is Women Road Warriors with Shelly Johnson and Kathy Takaro. If you drive long haul, short haul, or heavy haul, they're here to empower and inspire women in the trades on TNCRadio.live. So gear down, sit back, and enjoy. Welcome to Women Road Warriors with Shelly Johnson and Kathy DeCaro. We're a show that works to inspire and empower women in trucking, in the trades, and every profession. We tackle all kinds of topics and work to encourage women to be their very best with informative guests and women who've been champions. I'm Shelly. And I'm Kathy. No topic is not allowed on our rig. We tackle the tough topics along with the not-so-tough topics. And we like to feature experts, champions, and celebrities who can assist women in being the very best they can be. Searching for true happiness and rising above life's challenges and traumas can be difficult. Sometimes it takes an outside perspective to get us on the right track. Sheila Sutherland is a certified social and emotional intelligence coach, educator, and speaker. She's the only licensed O-Shift facilitator in Canada. She helps her clients find ways to live life with happiness. Sheila is a contributing author to 365 Days of Grace and 365 Life Shifts, which are Amazon International bestsellers. She's also the creator of the Yes! Youth Empowered Speaking Program. Sheila offers some terrific insight with her vast wisdom and passion, and we wanted to talk with her. Welcome, Sheila. Thank you for being with us. Thank you, Shelley and Kathy. I really appreciate the the offer to be here with you today. So what all do you do? It looks like you cover all kinds of bases here. Oh, I do. And, you know, it's it's a lot of what I talk about is part of whatever journey I've gone through. Because, you know, it, it, I always believe that for me to fully talk about anything, I've had to have experienced it myself. Now, some people may not believe that way, but that's just, that's who I am. Like, I would never expect anyone to do anything that I haven't already done kind of thing. And so, yes, I have gone through quite a journey on my own. And so I, I do have a varied interests. And so it, it, uh, it does look like it is a quite a vast, vast amount of knowledge. But, you know, I always kind of go that I'm a lifetime learner and I think that we never stop learning because if once we stop learning, I think we start dying at that point. Mm. So mm. life always throws us a new curveball. Like we think we got it all, all set. We, oh, I know what I'm doing. You know, my life is going good and life will go, you know what? I think you have a new lesson you need to learn yeah. and it will, something will happen. And you're like, oh, right. Okay. I haven't, I haven't dealt with this or I haven't learned this. And maybe I have to learn this a few times. Because, you know, sometimes we will have those patterns that just keep showing up and or or different levels (laughs) of that pattern that keep showing up. So we have to go deeper and deeper. And I was actually having this conversation with someone the other day and I was kind of like, have I not learned enough yet? Like, I'm tired of learning. I want break. (laughs) Sure. We can't really put it on autopilot. There are people who do no. that, though. And I, I think that then they're yeah. caught by surprise when life goes, hey, hey, gotcha. Right? Well, I think the I think... whole point of life is to learn and to grow yeah. and to evolve. It really is. Right? Yeah. When I think when we get too comfortable and do that autopilot, we better start expecting something to show up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, life has a way of going, mm-mm, nope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Sheila, tell us a little bit about your journey before we cover some of the wonderful topics that you, you cover. Oh, we're just starting to give you the Cliff Notes version. Well, I was a high school math and science teacher. Uh, yeah, I taught uh, senior biology and upper math and, you know, thinking that, uh, you know, putting my brain to use. And then one day I... I make it sound very simple. Just one day I woke up, but no, I went through a a bit of a trauma where I lost my home and everything to fire. And it's a little bit, it's a little bit, you know, and, but you know, in hindsight, I was kind of like, okay, you know, if it was just the fire I was dealing with, you know, I, I could have probably been okay. But during the months leading up to it, there was a lot of different things happening. I was, uh, I had had been in a car accident and, and it had, it was actually on my 40th birthday. I, you know, have got quite injured from that. 
I then had to go through some medical things that had nothing to do, excuse me, with the accident. And I was just finding myself that the layers of stress just kept adding on and adding on. And I was always that person of, oh no, I'm going to soldier through. I can do it. I'll just set it aside. I'll deal with it at some point. Well, the at some point never seemed to show up because another thing would get added on. So when the the fire actually happened, it was kind of the culmination of everything. And my my whole system, my body, my mind, my, my emotions, everything just kind of went, we're done. We're not doing this anymore. We are shutting down. We are stepping away from life. And, and I did, I really, I had to, I had to step away from my career. Uh, you know, I had to, now where am I going to live? You know, cause I'm you know, now homeless. I don't have a home cause it got reduced right down to concrete and two by fours. Mm. And I'm kind of like, you know, now what I, I had I had no identity at this point because sure. I had so ingrained myself in my career that now I had to step away. I was like, well, who am I? Mm-hmm. I, I you know, I'm like, I haven't a clue. And I, I ended up because of the stress I had a, I have a stress-based chronic illness that really affected the way my brain processed. I, uh, you know, had a lot of chronic pain, chronic fatigue, uh, the brain fog that you may have heard of. Yeah. And all of a sudden, like I said, I don't, I didn't know who this person was. I didn't recognize myself. I didn't do things the same way. I couldn't do this things the same way. It was to the point that like my brain function had been altered so much that I couldn't even what to me felt like coherent sentences. You know, I would think one thing, a different thing would come out of my mouth and I would be like, oh my God, I have, I've just, I've lost everything. I've, I've, you know, I, my, my, my brain and my intelligence was all who I was. And now I didn't have that. Now, what am I going to do? And it caused me to spiral into quite a deep depression uh, for, well, it's see the, the deepest part probably lasted a good six months where I really don't even have a lot of memory of what happened uh, during that time. I mean, I still had to function. I still had to deal with, you know, all the insurance companies of putting, trying to get my place put back together and whatnot. And that was stressful enough if anyone ever gone through that. Not a fun time. I wouldn't wish Mm -hmm. that on anybody. But then dealing with everything else, I was just, I was at my wits end. But there was just one morning I woke up, you know, because I kept doing the you know, what did I do to deserve this? Uh, you know, I'm a good person. I always did things for everybody else. Why, why is this happening to me? Like, I just didn't understand. And then one morning it was just like somebody had, you know, flicked that switch. And I realized, oh, wow. The thing that needs to change has to come from me. But what does that mean? And and I just, I knew that I was on the right track. I knew that I had to change at that point. You know, I had to stop blaming the outside world for everything that was going on. And I kind of went, okay, I've got to take back control, but I don't know what that looks like. And I don't know what that means. And I, but I know this is what I have to do. So it was kind of like another kind of state of confusion, but I always say it's kind of like that. I don't know if you want to consider it a cliche or not, but it's that saying of, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Mm-hmm. And it was like all of a sudden, and I don't know how, or maybe I just wasn't paying attention before, but all of a sudden I'm seeing, you know, on, on social media and all my news feeds, all the, you know, different types of coaching programs and all these different workshops and all these things that people have gone through. And I went, well, Hey, I can, I can see myself in that. And that sounds like I might need that. And so I started doing this, just this whole journey of educating myself from that point, from a different side point, because I'm, I'd always heard that this whole thing called personal development existed. I never really paid much attention to it, but now I started paying attention and kind of went, okay, well, what can I do to make myself a better version of me and take control of my life instead of feeling like I was out of control? Because I I don't know if anyone has ever experienced that, but when you feel like the world is against you and you have no control, Mm -hmm. that's not a, that's not a fun place to be. Mm -hmm. No, not Mm -hmm. at all. Mm -mm. And I had to find a way to take my power back. And, you know, and, and sometimes it's it's a daily thing. 
right? Because we give our, our I find as, as women, especially, we give our power away very easily because yeah. that's kind of in our programming. It is. You know, rather, yep. rather we look at media, rather it looks like how, you know, how we were brought up. It's just kind of, it's really easy for us to do. So it is a daily conscious decision that I have to make that, you know, what, what decisions I'm going to make, what I'm going to allow into my life, what I'm going to, you know, my tolerations that I'm going to deal with each day. Everything's a choice. And sometimes that can be really exhausting. I will admit, <laughs> you know, it's no, change no. not easy. No, and it isn't. I, I will fully admit that, but you know, it's worth it. It is really worth the hard work. And when you can stand up and go, you know what? I did that. I, I was able to do that. I was able to, you know, walk through that fire or get through whatever that experience is yeah. and, and come out the other side because you can, you can come out the other side and be stronger. You, you have the power to choose how you overcome it really. Exactly. Yeah. But you know, a lot of people will feel like they don't have the choice. Yeah. But let me, you know, if, if it's the one thing that anyone listening walks away from today is yes, you do. You do have that choice. Mm -hmm. And I, I want you to believe that it's in your hands. It's in your power. It may not be easy, but it's worth it. You know, I really believe that your mind is always going to believe everything that you tell it, okay. whether good or bad. Right. So I try to feed it with faith. I try okay. to feed it with truth. And I most definitely feed myself with love yes. because if I don't have self-love, I don't think I have anything. Right. Mm -hmm. And love is the basis of my foundation. And that's what gets me through the obstacles that come my way. Yeah. Right. And well, mm -hmm. yeah, and so many times we look for the outside validation of love. We do women, especially, I think. Yeah. And again, it's kind of, it's kind of, that's what we've seen in the fairy tales and everything growing mm -hmm. up. Right. And as much as we kind of go, well, you know, that's just kids stuff. There's a part of it that, that in our, in our DNA and in the back of our mind, it's still that programming is running. How true that is. Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors coming up. Industry movement Trucking Moves America Forward is telling the story of the industry. Our safety champions, the women of trucking, independent contractors, the next generation of truckers, and more. Help us promote the best of our industry. Share your story and what you love about trucking. Share images of a moment you're proud of. And join us on social media. Learn more at truckingmovesamerica.com. Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. You know, Sheila, it's really amazing how we're conditioned. As little girls, we're programmed that there's going to be this wonderful, handsome prince who's going to yes. whisk us off and take care of us, right? And you know, wouldn't that be nice if that actually happened? But yeah. no, no, it doesn't. No, what ends up <laughs> happening is, is nobody tells you at the end of the story that horse that you ride off on. We end up cleaning up after that horse, yes. probably. <laughs> <laughs> we do. Yeah, we have to do all the work to keep that, that horse happy, not to mention the prince. Uh, exactly. <laughs> yes. Women multitask all the time. Yes. So, Sheila, you became a certified life and relationship mastery coach, mm -hmm. and you covered so many things. I mean, you did a complete pivot. What are some of the things you cover? I see one of them is is triumph over trauma. Yeah, and that's where, you know, because through that whole process of the fire and whatnot, I got diagnosed with PTSD. Mm -hmm. And that's a heavy label yep. to carry. Because yep. when my doctor first said that, I looked at her and went, isn't that just for first responders? That's like, what does that have to do with me? And it was, it was a process of learning that anytime you're, you feel that your safety is being compromised, you can have a PTSD response. And so it was a little bit of a journey for me in that of kind of, you know, wrapping my head around, okay, what does this label mean for me? I was dealing with you know, for the first time in my life, like a hair, a hair triggers a temper. Cause I was never one to get angry before, but now with, with my, whenever I was triggered, I, I would just 
go off on whoever or whatever was around me. And I was just like, oh my God, that, you know, this isn't me. Um, you know, what it, my emotions were completely roller coastered all over the place. And I had to learn some, some strategies to help me through that. And I definitely don't want to in any way, you know, minimize anybody that, that is going through PTSD, because there is a lot of different levels, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. so what, you know, what, you know, I may sound like I was able, you know, I was able to do it all myself and whatnot. No, I had to, I went through, I don't know how many different psychologists, psychiatrists, counselors till I found the right fit. Mm -hmm. And I would, I would say that for anybody, you know, when you're going through something tough, do find somebody who can be your support that's outside of the friends and family, you know, dynamic. You need to have that unbiased voice in there, someone who's going to cheerlead you through whatever you're going through. So it did, and you have to have the right fit with that person. And it did take me a while before I found that person that I did feel that, you know, they they kind of understood where I was coming from and where I wanted to go. You know, because I think the, and this is my own personal opinion, when people are going through some tough stuff and you're going through a depression and, you know, and if you got diagnosed with anything on top of that, a lot of the medical community wants to throw a pill at it. Oh, yes, they do. Yeah. And I knew like my, my intuition at that point told me that was not the right route for me. And I'm going to say that you know, that's a personal decision that everyone has to make. Um, I just knew it wasn't. For me, I had in the past, I had, I had gone through a depression before when I was going through a divorce years earlier. And I remembered how that felt. And I just knew that that, that wasn't for me. It didn't do anything for me. It didn't solve any problems for me. Mm -hmm. And the psychiatrist that I ended up working with, you know, understood that he's like, yeah, I could write you a prescription. I said, you could, but I'm not going to fill it. So you, I said, what I want is tangible strategies that will help me move beyond this. I don't want to sit here and rehash everything every day. Yeah. You know, I want to be able to, you know, pull myself up out of this, this hole that I'm in, but I need strategies and I need you to help me with that. And, and he honored that. And it was kind of the, the best, one of the best working relationships I had uh, with a medical professional because he, he really did meet me where I was at. And I really respected that in him. And I think from now, from the coaching perspective, that's what I want to do for anyone who works with me is I want to meet them where you're at. I'm not going to be, you know, judging or saying I have to fit you into this box and you have to do this, this, and this. Let's see what it is, what you, what, what goal is it that you have? What, how can I help guide you through that? Sure. And I think that's why when, you know, when you kind of look at the resume kind of thing, I have a lot of varied interests because I don't know where, what everyone's going to come to me with. So I want to know, a, you know, a lot of different things. Sure. You've got a lot I in your real health. Yeah. yeah. Because not everyone's going to fit into that a perfect box. Mm -hmm. and that, that's one thing I learned through, through my journey is so many times I, I had to, you know, go and have these evaluations and everything done. And, and I, and they would say, like, is there anything else you'd like to say in this? And I said, yeah. I said, I'm tired of you guys trying to put me in a box. I said, you're not going to find me on the pages of a textbook. Yeah. You know, life Good doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. know, what happened to me could happen to the same person next to me. They're going to have a different response. Oh, sure. I, I need you to see me for who I am and help me get through what I need to and to get to the goal where I need to or where I want to go. And so that was the, I think probably the the hardest part of the journey is mm -hmm. finding my voice and standing up for myself. Sure. This yeah. was not something I was used to doing. You know, I think a lot of women, especially because we're caregivers, mm -hmm. we just keep trooping along every single day and we're hit with this and that and we're just kind of um, bouncing those balls away, um, trying to just get through and when you have a series of events, finally, it's like the straw that broke the camel's back. Exactly. And it mm -hmm. really is uh, complex post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, that's something I don't think that was understood until recently. No, yeah. And I think uh, we're still figuring it out. Sure. And and a lot of women have anxiety, yes. which that is an, one of the symptoms, certainly. And, and anxiety 
panic attacks, those are real. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the symptoms too. How do people triumph over trauma? You said that you you came up with some sort of a, a game plan for yourself. Yes. Is there well, a specific there, strategy? Well, like I said, and again, as you can say, what worked for me may not work for others. All I can say is I can give you some ideas, mm -hmm. give them a try, and they may, you know, and they may or may not resonate with every person. But the first thing, like, like I've mentioned, is finding someone to be in your corner. Mm-hmm. And that may take some effort. Like I say, the first person may not be that person, but keep going until you find that person uh, who can who can be that cheerleader for you and that person in your corner until you're ready to be your own cheerleader, right? That they mm -hmm. can you mm -hmm. need to, you need to have that that in your corner for sure. One of the things that I I view as one as my foundations through all of this was really learning a practice of gratitude. Yes, I'd gone through some really hard stuff and it was, you know, I was like, mm, I'm not really grateful for this. But now looking back on it, I am. I actually have a lot of gratitude for the experience that I went through because it allowed me to grow in a way that I, well, I probably never would have otherwise. And I had to start each day with, okay, you know, what is it that I can be grateful for? And some days that was really tough to even find like, say three things, but I had to start trying to find something that I could wrap my brain around so I could start training my brain to start looking for the things that, you know what, life isn't so bad. And so that, so that I started in, in doing in that regard. And, you know, after a while, it stopped feeling like a chore. It definitely did at the beginning. Felt like it was like a homework thing. I had to check box. But eventually you train your brain to find the things to be grateful for. And eventually you kind of will start moving out of that darkness. Another part that I really started had to, or I really had to focus on, and I think it was Kathy, you had said it for your base, it was uh, a self-care where mm -hmm. self-love definitely is a part of that mm -hmm. self-care for me was something that I, I never did. I was always take care of everybody else first. Yeah. And that usually meant that there was nothing left for me at the end of the day. And the idea of putting myself first was really hard. <laughs> like it did feel really. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's weird. You know, I was yeah. nursing for 13 years. My main focus was everybody else. It was really hard when I, when I lost my nursing career, kind of like you and that re that whole rechange, I had to step away from life and solely focus on who Kathy was learning who I was figuring out, you know, unlearning all the crap that I had been brainwashed into me and then relearning who I was. What do I like? What don't I like that focus on myself was so difficult. Yeah. But then yeah. learning that it's okay, that this is supposed to be this way. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. You know, it is. I, and, and a part of that for me was kind of having, you know, kind of what I call the come to Jesus talk uh, for my, with myself mm -hmm. Yeah, and being totally, completely honest with myself. Cause it's really easy to lie to ourselves. Oh boy. Like, do we ever really? do that? Yep. Mm -hmm. And I had to really be honest with where am I going in my life? What is it that I actually want? What do I, you know, need to change? What am I tolerating that I don't, I shouldn't be tolerating? And that's in, you know, relationships, how people are treating you, how you treat yourself. And again, mm -hmm. this is a daily thing. Sure. You know, cause there are days when, you know, I mean, I can just say just recently, I've <clears throat> kind of been dealing with um, some personal matters and it kind of, it's really easy for you to get knocked off stride and it's it it really it takes some effort to pull yourself back and go okay i gotta <laughs> have that talk with myself again yeah <laughs> we've been many times uh -huh. <laughs> you know i didn't get it of, the first second or third time let's try number four <laughs> right and i actually heard someone refer to it as parenting yourself it really is Actually. And it is right. Yeah. I had to really think on that. I'm like, Oh, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm not a parent. I don't have any, any children, but I really do feel like sometimes I have to parent myself 
because I, I know I can be stubborn. I know I can be rebellious. I know I can kind of get into that state of, oh, I'm not going to listen to you when I'm talking to myself. I have a lot of conversations with myself. <laughs> I do too. Of course, I talk to myself. That's just, I have done that for years. <laughs> right. I just, I use it as my cat as an excuse. Oh, we're just having a conversation. Um, yeah. I talk to my cats. Yes. <laughs> no. So but it, yeah, I talk to my plants. Okay. <laughs> that, that works. Hey, you know what? Oh, look how beautiful you are today. (laughs) Whatever works. And actually plants really enjoy that. Um, I have read an article that they they actually will feel that energy. And actually, I I don't know. Sorry, I'm going to, I'm probably going to take this completely off on a different tangent. I did an experiment on myself during part of this. Because again, with my science background, I, I love proof. And so a lot of the things that I would be seeing and reading, I'm like, you know, that's, that sounds good, but does it really work? You know, cause I have the skeptical mind. So I had come across this experiment that uh, this gentleman uh, from Japan, it was Dr. Emoto had done. And he had done a lot of different experiments in regards to water and how your emotions can affect it. And I thought, okay, that sounds kind of cool. So let me see. I heard about that. Yeah, I wanted to see if I could recreate it. So I found an article that talked about his rice experiment where he had three jars all prepared the same, same water in each jar, added some like uncooked rice into the, the jars, sealed them, and then labeled them in three different ways. He had one that was going to be labeled for the positive, one that was going to be labeled for negative, and one that he was just going to ignore. And each day or several times a day, he would go to the positive jar and like you were saying with your plants, oh, you're so beautiful today. Look at you. All you're doing so well. You know, give them all the positive affirmations. He would then go to the negative jar and what is wrong with you? You should have known better. What, you know, you, what you, oh, you look horrible. What is this? You know, kind of all this negative energy towards it. And then the ignore jar, he would just ignore, not give it any attention whatsoever. And he left it for 30 days to see what would happen. And for the, and I, I, I did all this, I documented it. I actually, I think it's like the one video I have on YouTube. I actually documented everything that I, I did during this experiment. And I have to say, I was really, really shocked at what my results ended up as, because I really didn't expect anything to change. Mm-hmm. But in the end, my positive jar still kind of looked about the same. The water was still clear. You would still see the the rice kernels in the bottom of the jar. Uh, You know, there was a little bit of bubbles on the top. You got to expect some oxygen happening in there. Looked really nothing, nothing much different happened there. But the negative jar is where my jaw literally fell open. The water turned in like neon yellow. Hmm. And every rice kernel exploded and it was just this white gooey mass at the bottom of the jar wow and when i looked at the ignored jar the water had turned very milky so it was very cloudy and again the rice kernels had pretty well disintegrated excuse me and the purpose dramatic the purpose yes of this whole experiment for him was showing how words affect children. Wow. Because a lot of times we, we, you know, we will say things to someone and not really pay attention to how they're going to land. Yeah. And I started looking at that and going, what about the words that we say to ourselves? So how I'm talking to myself is going to affect my water. We know as, as humans, we're like 70-ish percent water. We have a lot of water in ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yep. And if I'm always talking poorly about myself, looking at how, like I say, how grossly yellow that water turned, I went, I'm literally poisoning myself. 
by talking poorly about my thinking poorly about myself. So it's no wonder that I may get aches and pains. May I, I'll get headaches. I'll have a stomach ache or have digestive issues or have my mood completely, you know, be in the tank. And it makes sense when I look at from the ignored jar, when I'm not having any sort of self-care, I'm not taking care of myself at all, how that's affecting the water of my cells. And it was just, it was a really kind of, again, like that slap upside the head of words matter. Yes, they do. Words Mm -hmm. have power. Oh, yeah. And how we are consciously using them to speak to other people matters, but it also really matters how we're talking to ourselves. Mm Because a lot of times we will talk to ourselves in a way that we would never talk to another person. Very true. Yeah. So when I'm in those moments of, you know, going through some sort of a spiral, I have that image of those three jars and it's, which jar do I want to choose today? Oh, I like that. And, and it just, for me, having that visual really helped because I'm a very visual person and I needed to have that of, oh, right. If I continue down this path, that's what my cells are going to look like. I really don't want that for me. Wow. That's profound. Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors coming up. Trucking Moves America Forward, or TMAF, is building a positive image of trucking by telling the story of the hardworking drivers and industry professionals who support the industry. And you can be a part of it. Learn more about TMAF and how you can join and be a part of the industry movement working to build a strong image of trucking by visiting TMAF's website at truckingmovesamerica.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our latest channel, TikTok. Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. So Sheila, you have something called the seven pillars of true self-care. Yeah. What are those? Well, for those, uh, so the, the, what I have them kind of split into four and three. So the first, the four is our inner world. So that's going to be our our physical, our, our mental, our emotional, our spiritual. I think in a lot of times when people think about self-care, we tend to really focus on the physical, right? Cause that's the tangible. That's what we can see, you know? So we're eating well, we're getting our sleep, we're getting our exercise or, you know, we're doing those things. But I have found that if we don't take care of the, the kind of like the rooms of a house, if you don't take care of the rest of the rooms, they all kind of bleed into the physical. And that's where we will, we could be doing all the right things, but still not be healthy. You know, we could be doing all the right things, but still not be happy. And I think, and that's where we have to look at which, which room of my house am I not taking care of? What am I putting, what, how am I taking care of myself in mentally? Am I spending hours upon end each day watching newsreels? Am I watching all, because we know the negativity that news loves, you know, am I constantly feeding myself with that? Am I constantly feeding myself with, with things that aren't serving me in any way? Am I constantly surrounding myself with people who are constantly gossiping and nagging and complaining all day? That's not helping me mentally, you know, emotionally, am I taking care of my emotions? Am I allowing myself to express my emotions? Because again, a lot of times as women, we're told we're too sensitive or we're overly sensitive or or we cry too much. So we start to push a lot of our emotions down and we're not, you know, honoring what we're actually feeling in that moment. Well, that to me, in a way is, again, we end up poisoning ourselves by doing that because it will come out at some point. So am I honoring my emotion? Am I allowing myself to feel all the feelings because we're feeling them for a reason. There's there's either a message or a lesson in behind every emotion that we we go through. And we're not meant to be happy 100% of the time. 
nobody is. I don't even think like Gandhi ever was. Yeah. We, we have, we have, we are a full spectrum emotional being and we have every single emotion that we go through is valid. And I want, I would really love for people to, you know, to be able to recognize that emotions aren't so much positive and negative. They're just emotions. And, and to, to sit back, take a breath and kind of go, okay, what, what is it that I need to pay attention to right now? Or that's part of your emotional self-care. In regards to spirituality, this is this can be quite broad, right? Because some people may identify as being quite religious. Some people may be spiritual. Some people may think they have no belief system whatsoever. Spirituality is quite, quite a gamut of different things. So it's whatever you define it as for you. And spending some time doing that, rather it is in prayer, rather it isn't going for to church, it, rather it is a, a meditative uh, yoga type practice that you have, maybe just being out in nature is a spiritual experience for you. But it's it's knowing that you are part of something greater and feeling that you are you know, again, a part of something, it's not just you, you're not alone, you're not part, you're not an island onto yourself, you're actually connected to this, this grand universe in some way. So it's finding a way to to work that kind of a practice into your, into your life. And when I and I'm when in saying all this too, I will say you don't have to hit all, all seven of these every single day, because that's a lot. Sure. You know, it's just ha- knowing that you are touching on it and that you are caring for yourself in each way. So the physical, the mental, the emotional, the spiritual, the, to me, those are the, the inside pillars. The outside pillars are going to be, there's a, the social pillar. And I think this one took a big hit during COVID, right? Because we are, we were isolated mm-hmm. a lot of times and we lost that having the the social connection that we had that we so need as humans and it, again it's looking at who am i surrounding myself with are these people that when i'm with them lift me up or are these people that after i'm with them i feel like i'm lower than i was before yeah so it's really evaluating who it is that we we share our energy with i will the another one is going to be around our career a lot of times when, when whatever career that we are in, we think of it, oh, it, it's just a job. It pays the bills, but we have to, or we, we, you want to have, um, kind of a, say almost like a relationship with whatever that is in, oh, I'm trying to think of how to put, put this in a way that it doesn't feel like it's a chore. You want to nurture your time in whatever your career is. Maybe this career it, that you're in, you don't feel it's in alignment with where you are. Maybe you are doing this that your career because it was what you were told you had to do. It was what was expected of you, you know, because a lot of times parents will say, well, you know, I want you to become the doctor, or the lawyer, or the whatever, you know, to carry on the family business or something, but it doesn't resonate for you. Maybe it's a choice you have to make of finding something that you love that you can also make money at doing. And if you don't have that, then maybe if you fi- if you have your job that, you know, this is just for the money part, find something else that you can do for the love of it. Rather, maybe it becomes a, a hobby or maybe it's a side gig or, you know, whatever you want to call it. It's putting that care and attention into that so that you don't feel the stress of, oh my God, I have to make this money this day. And then the last one is going to be around I would say your, say like life in general is kind of, I have to, the last pillar, I have to kind of think of a different name for it, but it's kind of life. Mm -hmm. And it is going to be, how am I taking care of my finances? How am I taking, do I need to have, you know, different insurance policies? Do I, how am I taking care of my future? How am I taking care of my home? How, you know, how am I taking care of my car? It's like all of those outside tangibles that, I find that when we don't take care of them, it ends up be creating a stress and a weight upon ourselves. So it's an area that needs a little bit of care and a little bit of, of self-care in there to be able to know that 
if something was to happen, I will be okay. Is that security? Kind of security, security so yes, that's so important. And I mean, I know that was like a lot of information, you know, in a very no. quick period of time. But no, it's but to try to get through there. them all. It's mm -hmm. to kind of give you just a little hint of of what they are, and and again, like some of those may not resonate with everybody, but it's finding finding the different parts of yourself in your life, almost like looking at a wheel of life. What are the things that are the most important to you? And how can I nurture each one of those? I was going to say nurture. It's nurturing yourself. It is. It truly is. Because it, again, it, it's part of that, that parenting or that mothering of ourselves. Because sometimes just the way life is, we may not have that that somebody who can, you know, nurture or give us the self-compassion or give us the compassion or give us the empathy that we need. Sometimes we have to do it ourselves. Sometimes we need to hug ourselves, don't we? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I've actually been looking into that a little bit more lately of, of when we don't have that in our lives, like we don't have somebody who can fill that role for us. What can we do to fulfill that for ourselves? And it was kind of funny, the one thing I, and I'm like, I haven't done it yet, but I'm really, I'm looking into for, have you ever tried a weighted blanket? No. Uh -uh. And that's one of the things that it, it's been suggested for those times when you feel like you need that hug and you don't have anybody there to give it to you is wrapping yourself in a weighted blanket because it has that little bit of weight and pressure uh, upon on your skin to make it almost feel like it's somebody who's giving you a hug. Really interesting. So I kind of thought, you know, cause I was trying to find like other ways of, of ways that you can give compassion to yourself when you're, you're not getting it from the outside world. Sure. And that was just one that really kind of came up that I was like, Oh, that's really interesting. I'm going to have to experiment with that. So I haven't, I haven't experimented with it yet, but it's on my radar to do, to just see how that works. I mean, a lot of people swear by it. Um, but I haven't I, it for myself. I have a really heavy blanket up the, up in um, where I live in part my part time home in Canada, mm -hmm. and it is so heavy and warm. And when I crawl under there, it's, I feel so snug as a bug. Yes, and I love it. And you're absolutely right. It gives you that sense of security of oh god right? nothing yeah. can hurt me here i'm yeah. good i'm safe <laughs> it is important yeah yeah and it's to the point where when i go elsewhere like when i when i when i go to work i had to bring an extra blanket because i found there wasn't enough weight there wasn't enough uh, sustenance to my sheets <laughs> well, exactly. so i brought an extra warm blanket to work <laughs> Yeah, because what I've actually read on them is is it it actually calms the nervous system down, interesting, and allows you to have that deeper rest, the deeper sense of sleep, which so many of us as women don't get. Yeah, yeah. Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors coming up. Kathy DeCaro is nothing short of amazing. She not only drives the world's biggest truck as a heavy equipment operator in Northern Alberta, Canada, she's an international motivational speaker and the author of Dream Big, an autobiography about overcoming a lifetime of trauma and abuse that led to dreams of success. Kathy inspires people the world over to change their lives and improve their self-worth. Her book will change your life She's passionate about personal growth and believes anyone can change their circumstances and overcome their obstacles if they believe in themselves. Her life will amaze you and seriously inspire you. Be sure to order a copy of her book, Dream Big, on Amazon.com. Industry movement Trucking Moves America Forward is telling the story of the industry. Our safety champions, the women of trucking, independent contractors, the next generation of truckers, and more. Help us promote the best of our industry. Share your story and what you love about trucking. Share images of a moment you're proud of. And join us on social media. Learn more at TruckingMovesAmerica.com. Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with 
Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. So I know we just have a few minutes um, and, and we've covered so much here. I know. I know. I feel like I'm I'm taking you off in so many different directions. Oh, no, no. This is great. <laughs> I wanted to touch briefly on happiness as a lifestyle. That's something mm-hmm. you talk about with the seven pillars of true self-care. Is that what we can achieve? Yes, I would say I would say that definitely so. But I'll give you kind of a little bit of the science behind that. And one thing that everybody can do, and I hope it's still out there, I haven't checked recently, there was a documentary on Netflix that was just called Happy. And its photo was a bunch of like little blue smiley faces with one yellow, uh, like smiley face ball in the middle. So that's, you'll know if you get the right one. They talk about the science of happiness. In there, they talk about how, when you think of, you know, happiness, Every, a lot of people will, we're, again, we're always looking to the outside world of, oh, I got to have the perfect job, the perfect relationship, or I, I have to be the perfect weight or whatever, and I'll be happy when kind of scenarios. But when it comes to happiness, 50% of our happiness comes from our genetics. So there are just some people out there who are, are more predisposed to be happy than others. So we have to look at where our genetics fall in there. Not everyone gets the full 50%, but, you know, but it's, we look at our, our family's dynamic from that. So 50% of our personal happiness comes from whatever's going like from whatever genes you are made of. 10% of our happiness comes from circumstance. So this is our jobs, our relationships, our, our homes, um, you know, what we have, what we can buy, what we can do, you know, kind of thing. So, but we find that a mo- more people put almost a hundred percent of their focus on this 10%, you know, cause well, that's what we see in a lot of the media, you know, they'll, they'll be, Oh, think how happy you're going to be when you're on this cruise or think how happy you're going to be when you can drive this sports car yeah. or, you know, again, a lot of the, the movies of how happy you're going to be when you have this perfect relationship and this is what that relationship is going to look like. But that's only 10% of our happiness. So 50% genetics, 10% outside circumstance. So that leaves us with 40%. 40% of our happiness is within our power. It is our intentional choices and intentional behavior that we do each day. So you may not have got won the genetics lottery to have, you know, have say the perfect genetics in regards to happiness, but 40% of your overall happiness is in within your control every day. It's within the choices that you make each day. And when I think when we realize that we have that 40%, we can do whatever we want of that 40% each day. That is where we take happiness as a lifestyle. Happiness as just an emotion, that's where we're sitting in that 10%, where we're we're basing our happiness on everything that we can get. The, the lifestyle comes into when I can do, I can intentionally create each day in a certain way to make me happy. And each day is going to be different. So it's kind of like each day waking up going, okay, what can I do today to bring joy? Maybe it's starting your day off by turning on your favorite song and just dancing around the house like nobody's watching. That's starting your day with with the energy of of happiness. Maybe it's getting outside and walking in, in nature is what truly makes you happy. Go do that. Maybe what truly makes you happy is volunteering, you know, doing things for other people. And there's a lot of science and in in positive psychology around that. Go find ways that you can volunteer and be of service in your community. Everyone gets to define what that 40% looks like for themselves, but knowing that it's within your power and it's within your choice of what that is. And that's how when we start exercising that 40% on a consistent basis, we start start to see the, the differences on our overall happiness each day. And maybe you even change the genetic trait of there is, being happy. 
there is a lot of talk of epigenetics. It's not an area mm -hmm. I know a lot about, but yes, there is. I've seen a lot of people talk about how we can actually change our genetics in yeah. a lot of ways. It's mm -hmm. just, it's not something I can, you know, in any way really, you know, give an opinion on, but it sounds really fascinating. You have such profound information here, Sheila, and it's, this is empowering for both men and women, actually. Mm -hmm. Where do people reach out to you? Do you work with people remotely? I do. Um, definitely. It had, it definitely started doing more of that. And again, you know, during COVID, cause that's all we could do. And so, yes, uh, I do work with people remotely. Uh, the best way to contact me is, you know, if there's anything you want to talk about today, email me. And that's just Sheila H Sutherland at gmail.com. Or you can uh, get a hold of me. My biggest platforms that I'm that I spend the most time on is either Instagram or Facebook. And you can find me there either under my personal name or under the Reignite Your Purpose. Reignite Your Purpose is your website, correct? Yes, reigniteyourpurpose.com. I love it. That's powerful. <laughs> well, and because again, I felt like that's what I had to do. I had to reignite and find that part of me again to like you say, to get my sense of purpose of life back moving again. I think that's what a lot of people are looking for, especially yeah. since the pandemic. I think a lot of people were taken right off their square. Yeah, we lost a lot of ourselves uh, during that time. And I think right now we are in a, it's in a, a real, a great time of transition. I think, I know there are still a lot of people out there who are still struggling with everything that, you know, that COVID and with the pandemic and everything that caused. And so I know there's a lot of support that still needs to happen out there to kind of bring us back into life again. Thank you so much for all of your insights, Sheila. You have an empowering message for women. This is terrific. Yep. Absolutely. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thank very you much. very, very much. You've been listening to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. If you want to be a guest on the show or have a topic or feedback, email us at info at tncradio.live. Thank you for listening to another great interview on tncradio.live. And don't forget, be sure to subscribe to our podcast of Women Road Warriors. It's free. All of the material you hear on tncradio.live on our website, our broadcasts, or our podcasts are copyrighted. There can be no distribution without the express consent of tncradio.live and its partners. For inquiries, write us at info at tncradio.live.